Welcome to Gather In, where you'll hear stories of conversion to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you have an interesting story to tell, please go to our Instagram page or send us an email to gatherin at proton.me. Welcome, everyone. Now, I have very few followers because I've only just started this uh, Instagram channel recently and I have very few followers. So uh, all the people joining today, Andre, will most likely be your followers. And I know you have a lot of people following you and, and uh, that's how I found you originally on Instagram. I, you, you started doing a live, uh, a live stream one night and I thought, oh, who's this? And so I started listening to, uh, you were doing a report, I think this was back on the 12th of February, you're doing a, a weekly report, and I listened to your weekly report, and I was the guy that asked you to turn the music down a little bit, because I couldn't hear your voice very well, because the music was a little bit loud in the background. Uh, I don't know if you remember me asking you to turn down the music, but uh, uh, I, I was very interested in what you were saying, uh, and I had no idea at the time. Uh, who you were. Uh, since then, I've been listening uh, to your live uh, Instagram feeds and I've looked back on a lot of your uh, posts over the last, you know, just ones over the last month or so, just to see what you were doing over there in the Ukraine, in Ukraine. And um, hence, I asked you also at the time if you were a convert to the church. And so the purpose of my channel is to gather... Um, to gather conversion stories. And that's why I want to talk to you tonight. I want to find out how you came to be a member of the church. But before, before, we, wanted, before we get onto that story, and I'm sure you've got an interesting story to tell about becoming a member of the church, I presume, in Ukraine, um, I just want to ask you about the situation in Ukraine at the moment. As you know, I'm in Australia, uh, and the people who will see this... Uh, through through my channel are Australians. We hear about Ukraine and and the well, we don't call it a war. It's a special military operation in the Ukraine, isn't it? That's what the Russians are calling it—a special military operation. It doesn't sound very special to me. It sounds like a terrible situation. Um, and I've I've looked at the geography. I've looked at where you live. You live very near Kharkiv, which is the second largest city in Ukraine. Uh, uh, and I know you went to the temple last week, and, and that's about a six-hour drive from Kharkiv. Am I saying that correctly, Kharkiv? Yeah, you're saying it right. Close enough. That's, that's the Australian way of saying it. So, Andre, travelling from Kharkiv to uh, Kiev, is that is that all safe through that area of Ukraine? Are you safe where you live? Are you safe? And is it a safe journey to Kiev? Well, uh, it's been already a whole year, like two days ago, it's been a year mark since the operation started. And yeah. for us who lives, who stayed in Ukraine for this year and lived here, now we don't feel like it's dangerous because we're used to all the bombings and all the shellings and all the loud noises. So I would say it's safe, but for people who like, if you would come here, you would be probably, I don't know, but I would assume that you would be quite scared because of the noises and, you know, bombings and shellings and stuff. But as yeah. for me, I survived 
a year and so did so many other people who live here in Ukraine. So for us, it's now a new normal and uh, that's how we live because the, the life didn't stop uh, last year in the end of February. We continued to live on, live on and, you know, get on with our lives. So that's that's how we are doing right now. And uh, of course, it's more safer because now we have trains going back and forth, cars, many people came back to their homes. Okay, so so people who left Ukraine early on, uh, 12 months ago or so, they're starting to come back into Ukraine now? They feel safer coming home now? Some of them are homesick, so they're coming back. Some yep. of them don't yep. have more uh, funds to live on somewhere else, so they come back because there is nothing else that they can do. Uh, and some of them just decide it's safe now and they come back with, with their families. Sometimes they would just come pick up something and go back to where they came from. But some people are coming back and now we can see it. Many, many more businesses are opening, many more stores. People are buying, selling stuff, more cars on the roads. So, yeah. 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 And so just a, a little bit more geography uh, for, for my benefit and the benefit of other Australians who aren't that familiar with Ukraine. Um, from where you live near Kharkiv, um, I can't remember the name of your town. It starts with P. For no, no. What's the name of your town? I'm living in Kharkov. I'm living in Kharkov. Uh-huh. That's okay. talking about. Okay. So how far is it from there to the dangerous areas where there is a lot of fighting going on? How far away is that? About, I would say, half an hour drive to the border with Russia. Oh, is that all? Yeah. So uh, Kharkov is is right on the border with Russia. It's like 60 kilometers to the other country, to Russia. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. Here it's I'm just going to look at my map there and get a... Oh, oh yeah, I, okay. I, I, I can see that, yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm surprised that you're safe where you are, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you are. Um, so we, we hear the fighting in... Do Donbass region mm -hmm. and uh, Donetsk. Yeah, well, they've been fighting there since uh, 2014, so it's not like something new is happening there. But yeah, right now, the more active phase of, of this invasion is happening right down there. Yeah, okay. So so you're to the north of the really uh, heavy fighting areas. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, so... Um, you know, looking at uh, some of your videos, it, it does look like life is sort of normal. As you said, it's the, the new normal for you in, in Ukraine now. Um, something I'm intrigued with is that I see that you do a lot of food deliveries. Yep. Now, is, is this, is this some, something you were doing prior to the invasion? Or is this something that you've just started doing since the invasion? Is there a, a greater need for this sort of thing because of the invasion? What's what's the history there? A little bit of my background. Uh, before the war, I was working. Uh, I own my own business and I deliver food, farm food. So I would find local farmers, work with them, make sure that they produce good quality I don't know, fruits or vegetables or milk, dairy, bread and stuff. And I would deliver it to, to people. That was my... Okay. And when 
in the invasion, uh, I thought like, well, I have everything already set up to help people. And that's how it all started. Okay. Okay. That's, that's very interesting. So is, is there more demand for your food deliveries now because of the, because of the war? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, so people are coming back. But some of them don't have jobs. Most of them don't have jobs. Most of them have spent all their savings. And now the only way that they could survive is to rely on the help that somebody else could provide for them. So you're in a good position, I guess, to continue to be able to help people. And I've been intrigued with um, you know, some, of the, some of the people you're helping. It seems that sometimes you're just helping people and and almost giving away food to some people when you have excess, perhaps. Um, is, is, is there a food shortage in Ukraine? It was, but not anymore. But the prices went tripled or, or even four times more than it used to be. So sometimes it's, I mean, not possible to buy like regular stuff because it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so if people go into the into the supermarkets in Ukraine, they can go in there, and there's food in there. There's other yeah. commodities in there that are needed. It's it's uh, yeah okay okay. Well, that's that, that's that's fantastic. And uh, I know you mentioned um, about attending church in Ukraine. Uh, yeah. That uh, the wards and branches, uh, the attendance was quite low there for a while, but people are starting to come back. So. Uh, people are more people are coming to church. Um, can I ask about you went to the temple last week? Were there a lot of people attending the temple while you were there? Well, we had about, about 40 people who came from our stake, and that's basically the whole stake who left here. Yeah, okay. So most of the people are still somewhere abroad or in, in different parts of Ukraine in 2010, in 2010. And before that time, and during that time, until the 2014, there was no division between Russians or Ukrainians, and everybody was, you know, just as one nation. Not obviously not one nation, but same people, same language. So there was nothing. I mean, I couldn't recall that Russians were first or Ukrainians were first. It was just same. Okay, because it was, all, as you say, all one country uh, back then. So, yeah, look, this is all, um, you know, it, I, I find it personally interesting. Um, uh, just a, a bit of a hint, my ancestry on my father's side, uh, my, my father's mother and her parents um, left Russia uh, back at the start of the Ru Russian Revolution, back around 1916, 17, something like that. I'm not sure of the exact year. So my family background on that side is is Russian. On mm -hmm. on my mother's side, it's Scottish. So we have a little bit of a connection there because I understand you served a mission in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. So, um, actually, Andre, thanks. From are you from Brisbane, right? From Brisbane mission? Of I'm in the Brisbane mission. My wife and I are in the Brisbane mission. Uh, we're in far north Queensland, so we're. We're a thousand miles away. We are seventeen hundred kilometers north of the Br the Brisbane mission office. Yeah, I, we're a long way. Uh, a friend on the mission, sister missionary. I don't know if you probably would not know her. Her name is Jade McGowan, and she was a, a good friend of mine on a mission. Oh, okay. 
She, she's here in the mission at the moment? No, I, I don't know where. Well, she, she's in, uh, in the States traveling right now. But uh, I think she still lives in, uh, somewhere in uh, Australia. Okay. My wife and I are actually from uh, down near Melbourne in Victoria. So we're about, uh, about 3,000 kilometers from home. Right. <laughs> That's a far away. Which is, it's virtually like being in a different country. The climate uh, is totally different up here. Very tropical up here. Yeah. So, Andre, thanks for all that information. I mean, that's really helpful. It's really interesting to know. And, and uh, you know, we, we don't know what to believe on the news sources when we, you know, hear about things going on in Ukraine. So it's really good to hear from someone directly like yourself who's living there right in amongst it. Uh, it's very good. Thank you. So what I'd, I'd like to ask you about now, Andre, is, is, is going back to um, a, a little bit about your family history. So uh, I, I gather you grew up in Ukraine. Your family's all Ukrainian, is that correct? Uh, well, my, my immediate family, yes. Yeah, and ex extended family, going back a generation or two? My grandfather is from uh, Afghanistan, and uh, from my mother's line, and then my father's line is from Poland. From where, sorry? Poland. Poland, okay. And Poland is a, a neighboring country to Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you grew up in Ukraine and uh, your family uh, were, were church-going people. Uh, what's what's the, the history with your family in that respect? Well, no, we weren't churchgoers. Most people, as most people here in Ukraine, and uh, uh, we, were, we went to the church only on Christmas. No, we didn't go on Christmas. We went only on Easter. Okay. So Easter that's when we went to the church, once a year. Oh, okay. Okay. But, uh, you know, culturally, um, I, I'm guessing the Russian Orthodox Church is the main church in, in Ukraine, is it? Or, or is there a Ukrainian Orthodox Church? Well, Russian Orthodox Church. And then, of course, when they split the countries, they decided to call it Ukrainian Orthodox, um, it's so weird. But the same, same church, same beliefs, same temples. Yeah, all the same, same Bible that they use. Yeah. So, so your once a year visit to church was to the Orthodox Church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was a fun way for everybody to get together because uh, the tradition is that you go night before Easter. So Saturday night you go to the temple and there's a whole bunch of people. they in the temple and around the temple and they have the basket with the food uh, and they have to stay during the night uh, around the temple just waiting for the priest to come in the morning and sprinkle them with holy water and bless the food that they have. So like that was that. fun for me as a kid to, you know, first to stay up late night and be outside and then have these traditions that my father has lived. Yeah. Okay. So um, a an Orthodox temple, I, I wasn't even aware that the Orthodox Church had temples. Uh, I, you know, in our towns and cities in Australia, we see Orthodox churches, and I don't know the difference between an Orthodox church and an Orthodox temple, but obviously the Orthodox temples are nothing at all like our temples. Well, the the, the Orthodox Church is the Orthodox Temple. That's how they call their buildings, temples. And oh, okay. 
to you can uh, separate them from the other temples because they have this golden heads on top of the building okay. it's pretty yeah. uh, cool how they you know look they look really really nice yeah yeah i can remember um studying art when i was at high school in victoria and uh one of the, our assignments was to go and visit the uh orthodox churches in in the town that i grew up on in and um check out the architecture because uh, it was, you know, totally different to, um, you know, other churches in our city. Okay, Andre, so you grew up in the, uh, you know, attending Orthodox Church once a year at Easter. Um, at some point in your life, uh, you came across missionaries from our church or yeah, did you have a friend who was a member of our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Um, how did that come about that you, you became a member of the church? Well, we, when I was around 13, 14, 13, probably, we met uh, a member of Jehovah's Witness. Two nice ladies, they would come, and I was living with my mom, and they would teach us, or try to teach us the principles, or whatever they do, teach. Uh, yeah. And for me, as for a 13-year-old guy, it was really difficult to understand what they mean and what this is all about. I couldn't grasp, like the doctrine and uh so but they were really nice and they would come and go and you know i don't know what they were teaching i don't remember but then uh one day when uh things were really bad uh, for me and for my mom we didn't have any money we didn't have any place to stay we spent our last well mom spent her last money that she had and she rented this um apartment where other people would live so there was like four rooms and we occupied one of the rooms and she was really sick as well at that time she had diabetes and she didn't treat it because she didn't know how and because of that she had more other problems with her health and um, it was a winter holiday in school so I would go and visit my grandma in the village nearby uh, and my mom would stay home <clears throat> but then uh, and my mom wouldn't like open the doors to anyone because she couldn't get up from her bed and, you know, go to the door simply. And uh, one night she she felt so bad, like health-wise, like she was, this, from her words, I haven't been there, so I don't know. She was suffering and as she says, she was dying. Uh, the pain was so excruciating. And she she decided to pray. We never prayed at home. It was not our, you know, something that we do. Nobody taught us how to pray. And uh, so she, um, just with her words, she she prayed and then she <clears throat> asked the Lord to forgive her. Yeah. And then the next day, she heard a knock on the door. And usually she wouldn't open the door. But that time she, uh, I don't know, probably found strength or was prompted to to answer, to answer the door. And she saw two missionaries, two elders standing there speaking in, um, <laughs> in uh, well, they were speaking Russian, but she couldn't understand a word that they were saying because, I mean, it was not their language that they spoke. And she, she didn't get anything that they were talking about to her. Uh, but they left her pamphlets and then in a couple of days, uh, sister missionaries came. So I guess elders referred my mom to the sisters. And um, 
So sisters came and at my mom. And during this time, I was in at my grandma for, for the holidays. And back then we didn't have cell phones. So we didn't have any means to communicate. Uh, and um, so when I came from my holidays, from my winter holidays at my grandma, uh, I came home and I found all those like books and pamphlets and hymn books and Book of Mormon. Uh, and my mom wasn't home. And I was like, doesn't look like Jehovah Witnesses literature uh, because, you know, these journals that you, you, when you see it, you know, it's Jehovah Witnesses journal. Yeah. So my mom came, she was in some, she was attending some activities at church. Uh, and um, she explained me, she told me that she met these missionaries and uh, got baptized all during this like short period of two or three weeks when I was uh, on on my school break. So and then sister missionaries would and teach like new member lessons, I think they called it. And I was there as well. Uh, and they taught me lessons. So in, in like in the, in the beginning of February, I got baptized too. And it, it was okay. so, so, when they would come, things that they were teaching, even in broken Russian, did make so much more sense than the than we heard from Jehovah Witnesses, from those ladies that, you know, would speak our language. Mm-hmm. So that's the story. Yeah, okay. How old were you then, Andre? 14. 14, okay. So how did that change your, your life? Well, it's, well, I mean, changed greatly. Uh, in, in, the, in the branch where we were members and still members from the same branch, uh, they had a, a member who specialized on diabetes. So he was able to help my mom to understand her sickness and to get better and get like her glucose and in average normal. She was able to, you know, take care of herself and get better. And then, of course, I was, I didn't have any plans or didn't know how to send plans or goals for my life or for any period of time. But then going to the church, I learned that there's, that's the something that you do. And then I decided, well, I have to do better at school. And I was so interesting how this works and how I can apply things that I learned, uh, learned in the church, apply to my real and everyday life. And it worked. And for me, as a young, impressionable mind, it was mind-blowing because I, mean, I never had anything like that in my life. And then when I saw how the principles or obeying the principles of the gospel uh, changed my life, my everyday life, my um, uh, uh, things that I did with the friends and my priorities and stuff like that, it, it, it was just so amazing to see the change in myself and it was big because um, I could see it myself I could see that now I change friends because those friends are smoking and they drinking and that's not something that I'm interested in and I found myself new friends not because I didn't love those guys I love them but we didn't share something in common and so many, many other things that happened in my life because of the church of course uh, I never had plans to go to the university and I went to the university because, you know, the prophets teach us that we need to obtain the education 
and no one from my family ever been like in a hard okay so so in a in a very practical sense uh you know becoming a member of the church has made a huge difference to your life and and to you, the life of your mother i guess and were were there siblings brothers and sisters that you had at the time who also joined the church with you or no just you and your mum me and my mum okay okay so another thing i'm interested in andre um so you know very very practical uh blessings that came into your life because you followed uh the teachings of uh the church of the prophets as far as how you organized your life and planned your life um but embracing the gospel uh also would have been a, a big change for you spiritually i mean prior to becoming a member of the church you as you said you attended uh the orthodox church once a year at easter so prior to becoming a member of the church your understanding of uh heavenly father of jesus christ of the holy and the holy ghost uh was that where was that at and how has how has that changed since you were taught the gospel well i never been taught anything before you know we met missionaries or before we met jehovah witnesses i would uh, give them credit because they introduced us uh, to the godhead in in their own way of course but before that i never had any understanding of god and christ of course i knew jesus christ this is, this is the common name and of course i would you know believe in god in some kind of way uh not practical just you know i would think that there is some higher being uh, but i never get i never yeah. huge uh or any attention to that matter and then after i've been introduced yeah. to the gospel i started to understand and learn more and more about god and that i can uh, develop a relationship personal relationship and that makes so much sense to me okay that's that's fantastic um and so 13 or 14 when you were baptized um and confirmed a member of the church at some stage you ended up uh serving as a full-time missionary for the church itself in in Scotland I understand mm-hmm. yeah so, so from from the very moment when i learned that i could become a missionary i could become like like those two elders who came to us that was my <clears throat> biggest desire because i wanted to be that person for somebody else that's 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 fantastic i i relate to that very strongly i was a convert at the age of 24 and uh 18 months later i was serving as a missionary in new zealand um so i didn't have the benefit uh, perhaps of the you know good few years you had in the church uh before you went on a mission uh how old were you when you served as a missionary in scotland Mm, I think I was 23 I'm not sure. Okay. So that would have been a really big thing for you to leave your mum behind while you went off to Scotland for 2 years. How how how, how did your mum cope with that? I don't know how long she she survived. <laughs> that was good for her to to be more self-reliant and to uh to learn that she could do it on her own and that she could survive yeah. it and she yeah. was able to take care of herself so yeah yeah i'm i'm sure she would have been uh, very proud of her son being a, a missionary huh oh yeah 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 okay that's that's fantastic 
Uh, and so uh, you've been home from your mission now. Uh, how many years have you been home from your mission? Uh, it's been too long, about 17 years now. Oh, really? 17 years? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, I was thinking it might have been four or five years, had a guess, you know. I'm looking at you thinking you're about 30 years old or so, but I think you might be a little bit older than 30. I am. <laughs> 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 but that's okay. That's okay. Um, so tell me, since you've been home uh, from your mission, uh, what uh, callings have you served in, in the church and, and what's your current role in the church? <sighs> there have been so many callings that I had, but um, um, some of them, of course, I've been a teacher many times in many different um, auxiliaries. Yeah, that's how you call auxiliaries. Organizations now we call them. We don't call them auxiliaries anymore. <laughs> and then um, I've been an elder president. I've been branch president. Uh, I've been uh, I've been self reliance specialist for the state. Uh, that's one of my favorite. I've, and now, now yeah. I'm the primary teacher in my branch, and then as a high counselor in in the stake. Okay. So you, you've had every calling possible as a as a single man, by the sound of things. Yeah. <laughs> you, and, and you've avoided getting married because you didn't want to be a bishop or a stake president, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's 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 fantastic. Look, um, it's been really good talking to you, Andre. I want to ask you a, a couple more questions before we finish off and, and go too long. There's a couple of couple of little posts we did just recently um, with, and I'm wondering if it's your mother uh, or maybe your grandmother, a very old lady who uh, had her uh, Bible wrapped up in a, a little towel, like a, a tea towel. She had a Bible wrapped up, mm -hmm. and and you and for a young lady called Veronica took her a Book of Mormon, mm -hmm. and she, she kissed the Book of Mormon and said. Uh, something like you, you've been sent from God. Like, that was a really touching video. You know, my wife and I both were sort of fighting back the tears as, as we uh, watched that. Who was that lady? Who is that lady? <clears throat> That's just another uh, lady. She's a refugee from Donbass area, and um, she lives here now by herself. She has no no family. And sometimes when I have chance, I just go there and visit her. And first we brought her Bible, this big one, because she had a tiny little one that she couldn't read because her eyesight is not that great. Uh, so we, we found her the biggest Bible possible in, in Russian, and we brought her that. And then next time when we came, we showed up with the Book of Mormon. Okay. So I gather she's not a member of the church yet. No, but you, she's just someone, someone you've met, someone you want to help. And, and, uh... Yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic, Andre. Um, I've got a lot of admiration for you in in, in doing what you're doing there. Um, looks looks like you're doing doing great work, and um, there's a lot of people following you on uh, on Instagram. Uh, something like nineteen thousand followers you have on Instagram, which is fantastic. Uh, there's been quite a lot of people joining this uh, live interview here. Uh, and I'd just like to invite anyone who's uh, joined joined us to uh, 
follow my channel, gather, gather in, gather 4470 and, and uh, follow, follow there and you'll see more videos that I've done with more people who are converts to the church. Um, so I'd be really honoured if uh, any of your followers were to join, join me as well. Andre, just, just a couple of last questions I'd like to ask. I'd like you to finish with bearing your testimony for us. But before that, I'd just like to ask you if there's something uh, about the gospel or uh, about the doctrine or, or the practices of the, of the church that's your sort of favourite thing, um, whether it be, you know, perhaps the temple or working with the youth or, or whatever. Is, is there a favourite sort of favourite thing you have in the gospel? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> my favourite part in, in, in the gospel and it's probably wrong to say the favorite part because there are so many, you know, parts that we love and adore and apply every day in our life. But one of the things that I love personally is that we are able to develop our personal relationship with with God and with Jesus Christ. And we don't need for that a priest or a book or anything at all. We just, you know, his children and he's and he's our father and he wants us to develop this relationship he wants us to know him and to learn from him and that's that's what i learned uh, and that's one of the doctrines that i really really love and embrace thank you yeah that's uh it's hard to beat uh that as being a, fav- a favorite uh part of the gospel that's 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 it isn't it you know de- developing that relationship with god and 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 uh, having that desire to to go back to him, uh, that's what the gospel is all about. And and the very practical aspects of the gospel, which you mentioned earlier, are just uh, fantastic as well. Andre, um, if you would like to finish off by bearing your testimony, I'd be honoured to hear that. And uh, I'd just like to thank everyone else for for joining uh, with us, uh, whether it's morning, afternoon, or night. Wherever you are, it's it's nine o'clock in the evening here in Australia. Uh, it's uh, what about close to one o'clock in the afternoon in Ukraine uh, for any Americans on here. I guess it's very early in the morning yeah. in the United States at the moment, depending on where you are. But uh, thanks all for joining. Really appreciate your your coming in, uh, Andre. I'll just let you finish off. Yeah, uh, one one thing that I like is that with the social media, we now able to record and save and preserve our testimony for like, probably forever. I don't know, but for some time for sure. And for bigger public, not just for us personally in our journals, but for many people who are watching and who are listening to that. Uh, in in my <clears throat> what, 24 years being a member of the church, uh, my testimony grew a lot. And um, of course, our life is dif- difficult and different and we have ups and downs. But one thing that I know for sure, that God is our Heavenly Father and that He that He loves us and He cares about us. And <clears throat> despite all things that is happening in our life, the main thing for Him is for us to be happy here on this life. And He, I know that He gave us all the instruments in our hands at our disposal to obtain this happiness, be successful, and to be um, uh, an effective instrument. Because when 
we apply the gospel in our life that means that we he could use us for better good for better life for somebody else and for us for our family so whatever whatever you do uh, whatever you go through right now in your life or will go through i want you to remember that there's a heavenly father who loves you who loves you and who wants you to be happy and whatever you are going through in your life just remember that he is the one who will always always listen to you and strengthen you when you need this and my life is a living testimony that god supports us and that he has a plan for us that he wants us to succeed succeed in this life in all aspects of our life our spiritual life as well as in our physical life our physical health as well as our uh professional life and turning back and looking to like this past 24 years uh, i see how, how how i've been blessed and how he prepared me for next assignment and next assignment and next assignment and how he prepared people around me and gave me things instruments to accomplish what he wants me to accomplish and as far as i could see i know that he he loves me and this is the greatest knowledge that anyone can have in this life and i say this in the name of jesus christ amen amen thank you so much andre that was uh, that's fantastic it's just been a pleasure talking to you wish you all the best with your endeavors in ukraine and your service in the kingdom and uh we hope and pray that uh things will get better thank you in ukraine that uh that peace peace will prevail eventually we uh you're in our prayers uh it's been just great talking to you and I'll be following your I'll be following your videos don't worry I'll always be watching and wanting to know what's going on so thanks again thank you Andre all the best and and thanks all for for following and listening today thank you bye bye If you have an interesting story to tell, please contact us via our Instagram page or send an email to gatherin@proton.me.